Welcome to the IBM Developer Podcast. I'm Grant Steinfeld, and I'm here today with Luke Schatz. So Luke recently had a conversation with Priyanka Sharma and Brandon Young. They both work at GitLab. It was really interesting to me to see how they're integrating Kubernetes orchestration into their pipeline and toolkit. So uh, what did you think, Luke? I found that interesting, and it, it really is interesting. Uh, we've talked about this before. Not only are they doing this and helping communities and the customers do it, they're also doing it themselves. So they're they're using a lot of these technologies. They're testing things out. They're trying it. They're they're on the you know the forefront there, and that's why they're good at helping everybody else do it and integrate it into their workflows. Great. With no further ado, let's jump straight in. So welcome to the IBM Developer Podcast. I appreciate you both uh, taking the time to, to meet with me today and have a conversation. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And maybe we could start off with uh, just some brief self-introduction. So name, roles, and then like oh, that one minute or two minute sort of elevator pitch. Here's what I'm about. Sure. Um, I'm Priyanka. I'm Director of Technical Evangelism at GitLab, which is very similar to developer evangelism, developer advocacy. I also serve on the board of the Cloud Native Computing Foundation, or the CNCF, which is putting on the KubeCon event right now. Excellent. Perfect. Brandon Young and I lead up uh, our alliances. Uh, So that'll be our ISV relationships, our resellers, any of the technology relationships, integrations and stuff we have. So... Um, pretty flexible and the goal is again just take the great work that GitLabbers are already doing and integrate that and help it fit into the rest of the world the rest of what uh, everyone else is doing that's really interesting and I I love this because I'm seeing like a a blending of Mm -hmm. the developer relations and the business dev how do you work together on a daily basis sure so I I think the uh, the the lines actually relatively simple yeah when we're when we're talking to the devs voice Priyanka's owns our dev voice uh, how how we teach and message to them and and my goal is to help align to work with the IBMs and the Red Hats, for example, with what is their dev voice? So how do we help the two dev voices come together and deliver us, you know, a, a very similar message? And that's where we collaborate most of the time. Yeah, um, Brendan and his team are just so excellent at being in the industry with the right folks, building the right kind of relationships and uh, like formal and informal so that we have like the various platforms that would be good for the whole ecosystem, really. And then I am sometimes, uh, me and my folks are sometimes asked to come and share, what is that developer story? How can we all work together in the ecosystem from a workflows perspective? What should we as developers be doing? Uh, That's kind of my passion. It's really interesting, and especially... You know, so you're both working at, at GitLab, and you have this this purview on the market, and you're mm-hmm. and you're you're looking to to help developers. But then you're also participating, as you mentioned, with the Cloud Native Computing Foundation, and you're participating with the Linux Foundation. So then there's this sort of other viewpoint and other set of stakeholders where you're you're sort of looking more industry wide, as not just how does it benefit our company, but how does this work benefit everyone? Yep. And Absolutely. I think the piece for both that we uh, we take. Uh, both a lot of pride in and humility in trying to do really well. Is in both cases, uh, we were re- we represent 900 odd for the Linux Foundation, almost a thousand companies as the silver member. So, our job is to try and our, do our very best to represent all of those members to the Linux Foundation. I think the CNCF's got to be three, four hundred, yeah, around three hundred. Uh, and so, uh, it gives us a really unique point of view where a lot of those uh, members are giving us good context in terms of what matters to them. Uh, so, yeah, when we sit yeah. with these organizations, our goal 
uh, is, a, is a couple fold is one represent all of those members. Uh, second, I think we bring an interesting point of view in terms, uh, I would say, at least on Linux Foundation, and you can speak, I think in the Linux Foundation, uh, we bring a unique point of view that is a developer-centric view. Uh, and so of the others, uh, amazing other companies on the board of the Linux Foundation, but n none that come at it from the view of, hey, how do we make world easier, better, more secure for devs? Uh, and that really kind of affects everyone. So I think at least on the Linux board, we kind of have a unique point of view that we try to bring as decisions are being made, particularly since in open source, that code was written. So we represent the devs and what they want to write and how they want to write and what they care about. And that's that's a big input into, into the open source communities. Yeah, I agree with what Brandon says, particularly that aspect of GitLab brings a developer-centric view. So I've been involved with the Cloud Native Foundation for a long time now, predating my work with GitLab. And I was uh, part of the third project to join the foundation, uh, Open Tracing. And so I've sort of seen the evolution of the foundation, the projects in it, and how it's impacted developers far and wide, right? DevOps professionals far and wide. And so for me, it's really important as an individual to be consistent in what I message and what I believe in. And being a representative for uh, GitLab and the 300 plus civil members is actually easy for me because it aligns with what in my opinion, is the best thing for the end users, for the ecosystem. We at GitLab think a lot from the multi-cloud perspective because we're an independent vendor. We're most focused on the workflows and the processes that go into the software development and delivery lifecycle. And being at that table in the, in the CNCF, I can authentically think, say what I think and represent comfortably developers, the ecosystem, and GitLab. And that's very important to me. Interesting. And it, it makes a lot of sense, uh, or hearing this backstory too, seeing that, like, ha having participated in, in yep. open tracing and gone through what it means to release a project and participate in it, and then now being in the position where you can say, hey, I can take that experience and apply it to, to create a better ecosystem. Yeah, exactly. And you, I, I noticed, uh, I was doing a little cyber stalking, mm -hmm. I noticed uh, <laughs> you were involved with the team that released uh, Kubernetes. Uh, yes, they did all, I mean, the team that did it did all the hard work, but um, I spent a lot of time in what is we need for an ecosystem. So how, think of it this way, Kubernetes would be an interesting project, and it would have been just a project. I don't think if, if Red Hat, if IBM, if VMware, if all the other companies hadn't picked up and joined uh, that, the foundation, but also just the vision and where that would go. And so that's a lot of what, when I was at Google, was focused on. Uh, every time as Google grew the cloud platform piece, how do we bring on the right partners uh, to help um, solve that? And I come at it from a little bit different view. So Priyanka brings the deep technical and the developer point of view. And my brain operates a lot more around, hey, how is it a win-win? How do we help them down the pattern that they've already made and they made a bet? And that takes a lot of understanding of how those companies have evolved. And it, as it turns out, the, the role at Google was just very useful because I got to talk to a thousand companies about how they wanted to grow their business. And so you've just, I got an opportunity to re reach and talk to lots and lots of ISVs, lots of other tech companies, and understand they're pretty transparent when they want to run a business with you on what matters. So they're not trying to sell you like they're raising money. They're saying, here's what our go-to-market is. Here's what our strategy is. And so that context has been extremely valuable uh, in understanding how you help, how we as GitLab can help those companies, how we as board members 
help those companies and it also helps to get context as to why people are making the decisions they're making. And that's always just helpful. Also oftentimes to bring people together that might think they're there at loggerheads. And you're like, no, 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 hold on. You want X, you need to accomplish X, you need to accomplish Y. They aren't opposed to one another. Let us help you try, let us help you solve that problem at the same time delivering to a dev, right? So that's where we spend, when we sit down and chat, most of the time isn't, it's, it's around, ah, uh, we've come to this interesting loggerhead or there's two partners that want, we wanna work with or they're having a challenge, can we help them come together, right? Um, and you need both points of view on it. Yeah, and I think the work people like yourself and the foundation have done in making taking Kubernetes from project to the core of an ecosystem, I think, has changed our industry, and it's it's the key. And I think the fact that you understand all these different players and like where are they coming from, what do they want, has helped us all. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I I think just in my own career, I've definitely experienced those those points where you're talking. It's like a log jam uh, scenario, and. Right. Like you're saying, though, a lot of times, maybe because people don't understand the other stakeholders' point of view, or there's a lack of vocabulary or, or culture or something, where they they don't even realize sometimes that they are in alignment or it isn't zero sum. Right. And in, in the open source space, very passionate people about the amazing stuff they're creating. Sometimes context as to how those projects fit into what is already there. Again, if you look around, what's come out of uh, CNCF, the number of amazing projects pretty much endless and I don't think it's going to nest I think it's going to continue to grow yeah um they want to take in more projects right. yeah. I can say that for yeah. sure <laughs> they don't live outside of they don't they live inside of a world that's already existed mm -hmm. and oftentimes solutions that may have already been created and they need at minimum work with them and at sometimes I think there will be times that just because we recreated we may be recreating a wheel that actually works pretty well elsewhere and that's that's also sometimes we'll chat where at the Linux Foundation, we're looking at you know automotive grade Linux, we're looking at a much broader set of yeah. projects. And so that's also something that you know Priyanka and I chat through is like, oh, that's an interesting foundation that's being set up. What's the end goal of that foundation? Mm -hmm. Who are its end users? How can we support that? Does it exist elsewhere? And we're gonna start, you know, we're gonna have to work through that as more and more projects grow, there's gonna be overlap. And that's not good or bad, but knowing where they overlap and, and how to work together will not be, it'll be a fair amount of work. And we're just getting started on that. <laughs> I believe that. Yes. Although it, it totally makes sense now that I'm, I'm hearing this story, how, especially be from a development standpoint in this multi-cloud, hybrid cloud world, the developer is that common thread that's touching all of these different worlds. And then you're in this position, especially participating in these community things to start to see what, what is that, you know, what does it mean to, to be an edge developer or like an IOT developer versus a cloud native developer mm -hmm. and how all of those best practices can filter back into to tools and, and, and GitLab. I, it's really neat actually. So how, how is that? Let's talk a little bit about how, especially considering hybrid multi-cloud, mm -hmm. how are you working with partners? And I mean, obviously I'm at IBM, so I think <laughs> IBM, but yes. in general, you know, we're also very interested in multi-cloud as well and that we realize our, our clients are spread across you know four or five clouds. So it's yep. something I think everybody has to face and owes it to the, the client and their stakeholders to address it realistically, right? It can't just be a, you know, yep. like a, a gesture. Like you need, we need to actually be able to execute and, and do our work well yep. with multi-cloud. Yeah, and I, I think in the space, particularly as, as IBM thought about, very consistent, and I think you're just, the question is, we have very similar 
points of view to, in this case with IBM and Red Hat of, hey, where that abstraction layer lives, right? Uh, or we have, sorry, the, the abstraction layer should exist. We're actually just offering together, we're offering two layers of abstraction. So in that face, case, you know, IBM and OpenShift allow you at the operational level to run and manage your workloads wherever you would want them, right? And, and that's a huge value proposition and I think very well understood. And GitLab is helping on the abstraction layer for the uh, dev workflow, right? And so with, say, IBM, obviously the Red Hat piece and OpenShift is the one we're here and we talk about a bunch, but any customer that's an IBM customer as a former IBM are implementing a lot of stuff. Hey, they've got ZOS, they've got Linux, they've got AIX, they've got, you know, old iSeries. All of those are areas both that's a platform and you go to one level up, to, you've got WebSphere. All of those are platforms that, hey, you have developers too and those developers need to deploy into those environments. And in many cases, they maybe want to run your dev tools in that environment, right? So our point of view is we're going to work beautifully with, with OpenShift, with Red Hat, uh, in Kubernetes, but there's also the world that's outside, and our goal is to bring both of those together. Mm -hmm. So, if you want to use GitLab uh, on bare metal in your data center, that's awesome. It's going to work and run in the same workflows. If you want to go and run that on, you know, OpenShift, and your company likely has groups that operate in both, uh, and the ability to have the same tool that runs either place, same workflow, extremely valuable to helping bring and bridge the dev and ops you know, divide. And so for us, that's like with IBM, it's heterogeneous. Like certainly a lot of the emphasis is on Kubernetes and Red Hat today and should be and will continue to be. But there's, if, if that's, uh, choose a number, if that's 20%, you've got 80% of the world that still lives where they are. How do we bring those two together, right? As we move in the same direction. So that's what our partnership with, with IBM Red Hat is focused on. Yeah, and that's the point of view of GitLab in general. Like, it's like no matter where you want to deploy uh, your software to, the workflow needs to be the same and easy for the developers so that the dev and ops divide is addressed. Um, yesterday, we hosted MultiCloudCon, which uh, where we had Jason McGee from uh, IBM attend and speak on uh, the panel by the of the cloud provider's perspective on uh, multi-cloud. So that's kind of fun. But like the key point there is like we had all these end users talk about how for various, like often regulatory reasons, they'll have some on-prem workloads, some in one cloud and some in another, et cetera, et cetera. And like uh, the average actually of clouds that people are trying out using is four, four to five. So that's a lot of, that's a lot, right? And it, it's not the intuitive number because there's fewer hyperclouds, um, but that's the reality. And so where GitLab comes into this is that it shouldn't matter, and uh, which cloud it is. And often we're seeing actually GitLab plus OpenShift has been a really good set of tools for folks to be able to deploy to multi-cloud without worrying. And people are doing various permutations, combinations, trying out other stuff, but GitLab is like very consistent on. Any cloud on-prem doesn't matter, you you have the same workflow. That's that's awesome, and it, it, it totally clicks with you know everything a few things just to recap that you mm -hmm. talked about was like that 80-20 split, right? And That and might not be right, but I'm, I'm I've heard guessing. similar heard similar numbers because I think especially going to conferences, we can kind of get on this, we're sort of surfing the yeah. bleeding edge all the time. But in reality, like the things that we have that are like mature and at hand and, and even just cloud migrations and app modernization and this consistency of workflow, there's 
so much work to do with like these things that we actually have in hand. It's not always about like the new thing that's coming out, yeah. even though it's exciting. Yeah, we're in a bubble, and yeah. it's a fun bubble to be in, and it's fun bubble to think about what can be and help build what is next. That's why we're here. We all love doing that, and I think. But being able to like, the ability to bring others along with us, I think, is the part that also excites us. We can help bring along not just necessarily the people that are the twenty thousand people here, but hey, what about the other? you know, 150, 200, 500,000 people that they're their colleagues, right? How do we help them get here? And they're not, they're likely not going to digest it all in one huge gulp. Like some of us that have been, I mean, Priyanka and I have been here since pretty much the beginning, so we don't think twice about it. Yeah. Approaching Kubernetes as a new user, it is hard. It's very intimidating. And yeah. like most people are first timers here. And so. Which is awesome. I was just like, oh, it'll be great. Ahead. Don't worry. We'll get there. Don't worry. So. Yeah, that's so. That's if we take a big step back and, and look at like, hey, we believe everyone can contribute, and we want to be a part of helping people and, and developers on that journey. That's our mission. I think you mentioned some workshops. You mentioned some talks. Like, what, what does this look like when when GitLab's out doing their community work? How are yeah. you? What's effective? What are some of the things you're doing that you find are really working? Um, well, I think it's a very important to be part of an important conversation as opposed to create a new conversation for the sake of it. And so that means partnering with the right people in not not the way you guys partner, but you know, yeah, yeah, in an yeah. ecosystem kind of way. Um, so MultiCloudCon yesterday was a collaborative effort between us and another company called Upbound. Google was a sponsor. And we had speakers from many cloud providers, such as your, uh, yourself. Uh, so bringing people together and joining where it makes sense is a very important factor. And this is something I've actually seen consistently in, in all our community efforts. When we partner up with people who are like-minded, who we can you know present a unified view with the result like from the audience is just amazing so that's one big thing that we do of course having talks at kubecon uh, ben kochi who is a gitlabber and also prometheus core team member is going to give a talk um, i forget when it is <laughs> but sometime this week uh, is nice uh, i'm hosting the media luncheon for service mesh uh, bringing in service mesh uh, technologists and the media so we do all kinds of different things it's really about being uh, like contributing to the ecosystem and joining in the conversation and supporting everyone so uh, there are various ways we do things the key is to partner up with the right people and help people kind of think end to end that's what we're doing well these days trying to gauge a bit early when people are trying to accomplish something and, and, and coach them on, okay, what's your end goal? What are you trying to accomplish here? And where, where it makes sense. And oftentimes it's a, hey, I want people to get you know familiar with OpenShift. Okay, great. What are they going to get familiar with OpenShift with? Oh, I don't know, like installing and running it. Well, but no one <laughs> installs or runs it just for that sake. Right. Why don't we give them, so why don't we bring you know an application for them to deploy and run in OpenShift, right? And hey, they're gonna need to learn how to run node pools. Well, you know what's really good thing to put on node pools? Oh, runners, right? CI, CD, CI is an awesome use case. So let's help them understand that in context of something that they are already doing in one way or another, they're doing CI or are looking at CI. So hey, let's help them learn this in context. So it's not, okay, I learned, about Kubernetes when I came to KubeCon, but I go back and I don't know how to apply it. I don't know what right. the use case is. Let's give them something they can go back and take again to the people that weren't here. And so we do spend quite a bit of time 
both on the coaching and then trying to bring content for uh, for our partners that is useful yeah. to help them move that ball forward. Another tool we have in our arsenal, which I think is unmatched, is GitLab, the end user. So we ourselves are on the cloud native journey, and we have some amazing engineering talent that's working on our own CICD pipelines, our own move to Kubernetes, and telling their story, I've noticed, resonates so well. Um, I was at uh, Open Source Summit San Diego, well, right here, um, some months ago, and I shared the story of how we moved to continuous delivery, uh, and we did it without Kubernetes at first. And the response was, I was impressed by the response that we got to that talk, because people just really want to hear actual battle stories from a company like ours, which has millions of users, which cannot really have downtime. You know, you cannot comfortably be like, okay, we'll have this greenfield thing that'll slowly become like all perfect and modern and then eventually move to it. We have to like, you know, it's like driving a race car, fixing it at the same time. And so that I've found is a great tool we have to educate the audiences and also learn from them. It's not a one-way street. Uh, and that one really goes well. And it's nice because that, I think, gives GitLab a greater empathy for the end user because we are the end user too. So we're all like going along together and so feature development is better, education is better, it just all works out very nice. Fascinating. Something I like to ask everyone uh, on the podcast is about their tech origin stories and like the original tech origin story. So for me, it was the Commodore 64 and PBSs, <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I think I lost friends over Civilization. <laughs> They'd be like, why won't you go outside anymore? And I just, no, I'm playing Civilization. I'm never going outside again. <laughs> so what, what are uh, your, your tech origin stories? Um, sure. Well, mine's a weird one, <laughs> but I'll go with it. Well, back, uh, so I grew up in small town India, and in uh, middle school, I think, we were, we were, we had computer science class, and we were taught basic, and so I was building, like, you know, like, I don't know if they had it in America, we called it, like, the turtle game, where you have to, like, have the turtle go up and left and right and, like, eat stuff, uh, and that was super fun. We and call it Pac-Man, it's okay. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it's kind, kind of like Pac-Man, but much simpler, and that was just so cool, because going into the computer lab to test out your program was like, oh, it's, like, a big deal, you get to go into this air-conditioned room, most rooms were not AC where I lived, and so that was just, like, special, and I enjoyed that a lot. Over the course of time, though, I went more, like, pure sciences and math, so I lost track of the, you know, engineering side with computer science. And then in my final years at Stanford, I came here for college. Um, I rediscovered <laughs> tech and I ended up with a job at Google. And uh, we both we didn't have some, yeah, <laughs> totally different worlds. Totally world. And at Google, I actually, and even though I was on the business side, ended up working with an engineering team. We were building an internal like data tool for AdSense uh, salespeople which was what I was, uh, the team I belonged to. And that was just such a rediscovery. I was like, this is like where I feel comfortable. I am happy again. And I just want to hang out with engineers all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> and so that got me back in. And then eventually I ended up building a small startup, for, which was a dev tool, a time tracker for developers. And that was when I was just like all in. So that's my story. Thank you. I love And that one, it's like end to end. It really, mm -hmm. it brought you up to present day yeah yeah very much so so it's a very unexpected unplanned journey which which is why I like I meet so many non people who are not like you know went to computer science for college they're so nervous about they're like tech's not for me because I don't know how to code I was like first of all you can learn it's not especially like 
basic web development, right? Like pulling up, putting up web pages, easy. And the community is so welcoming that you will definitely learn and just like come on in. There's a lot to do. Thank you very much. How about you, Brandon? Uh, mine, my dad brought home a luggable, and I will, I should know, but it's a little green screen and it would pop the, the keyboard. There's a keyboard, and it would pop out directly, and then you'd use the keyboard, and then the monitor was behind the keyboard, and it was big luggable. And he would bring it home, and we did some basic programming. Uh, Space Invaders was obviously uh, an all time favorite, but that was kind of the first part as he just sat down, and he was willing to spend a little bit of time. And he wasn't a programmer that wasn't, you know, he's in finance, and, but he showed how to do some, some you know, financial calculations in it. And you're like, oh, this is pretty interesting. And so kind of kind of been ever since. It is amazing, too, how this initial exposure, it really, it's how it opens these, these doors. So if folks want to keep up with uh, your work, are there any sort of social media accounts, uh, blogs? Where should folks keep up with you, uh, your individual works, but then also with uh, GitLab stuff? Well, I spend way too much time on Twitter, and it's become my way of sharing my thoughts with the ecosystem, but also communicating with people. My DMs are open. People should reach out, and I'm always there. <laughs> and Hanging out with devs all day long. Pretty much, yeah. That's, that's my life. Uh, my handle is uh, P-R-I-T-I-A-N-K-A, Pritianka. Excellent. Um, most of my stuff will, will land on like maybe a blog. I am not nearly as good at, at social media. <laughs> So it's an area I, I'm working on. Uh, a lot of the conversations that I have, though, often are ones that can't be uh, right. in a trusted environment and need to be. So I probably um, don't contest. Do record. So uh, there's an interesting one if you are new to the Kubernetes world. I did some history. So there is a video on GitLab.com that's about 20-odd minutes and goes through probably 10 of the top Kubernetes uh, distros. So the Red Hats, the IBMs, the... VMware's, the Googles, Amazon, like all of them, and kind of how they got to where we are kind of today. Who knows where it goes from here, but some context as to what they chose, how they chose it, what their business model is, how they're thinking, uh, all of which is public. Uh, nothing I'm saying there isn't something that uh, they've publicized, but it's hard to kind of rationalize when you get big enough and a bunch of different points of view. Uh, so uh, that's probably the one that might be a lot of fun if you're coming at Kubernetes for the first time, and that's on our, uh, our unfiltered uh, GitLab channel. I'll, I'll put that in the show notes oh, for the podcast. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and one last question. Is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have or anything you want to include? I think we had a great conversation, though. No. I, that was yeah. fantastic. That was great. Excellent. Well, thank you both for being here, and I appreciate thank you. your time. Thank appreciate you. We hope you found this episode interesting. Please subscribe to the IBM Developer Podcast on the platform of your choice. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. And of course, please share with your friends or colleagues who might find this interesting as well. You can find me, Grant, at G. Steinfeld on Twitter, and my co-host, Luke Schantz, at Luke Schantz. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.